Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. HomeThreads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets, to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com slash parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. So today we have a couple of questions. One is about a toddler who's been saying a bad word. How do we handle that? And then a potty training question about a relapse in potty training. So I'm going to get into those. I also am going to talk again about an issue that I had this week. I've decided to start putting some of these in so that my audience can understand some of the struggles that I go through as a parent. Now, my kids are a little bit older, so the struggles are going to be different than a lot of my audience, especially if you have toddlers. So if it isn't relevant to you, I put it at the end so that you could just turn off the episode. Or if it's something you kind of want to just make note of and then kind of consider as your kids get older. Also, sometimes hearing what different issues parents have can make you feel grateful for the issues that you're dealing with because they're not easier, but they're different in a way. So you may want to stay and listen to that. And hopefully most of you find those little anecdotes and things helpful as well. So our first question is from Sarah. She says, hi, Erin. I love your podcast. I've gotten such good advice from the episodes. I have a newly three-year-old boy, girl, twins, and a 14-month-old. I'm having a problem with my older son saying a bad word. He came upon this word by just making up rhymes, but we initially reacted to it because it was so shocking. It was a mistake, I know, but it had to be addressed in the moment. So there's something that Sarah learned as well as any of you other parents out there. If your child does do or say something shocking in that moment, it's probably best just to ignore it because he was just putting some sounds together. Probably never would have said the word again, but because it brought attention, then it was fun to say it. So Sarah obviously learned from that, but now we have to work on what to do from here. 
So Sarah continues, he repeated it at home and we try to ignore it because I know that's how to get it to stop. I also tried explaining to him that that word is very mean and it hurts people, like how hitting can hurt someone. While it's hard, I can ignore it at home, but in public it has to be addressed. How do I deal with a bad word when it sometimes has to be addressed while not giving it power? So for Sarah, and I totally agree and understand this is a really fine line to walk. So Sarah, you have a couple of choices. You can continue to ignore it at home and see if it dissipates quickly, and it should. But I also agree that in public, if it is something that is really offensive and derogatory, it can be hurtful. It has to be dealt with in that moment. If You can think of it along the same lines as hitting, kicking, or biting, exactly what you've related it to. So what would you do if he were aggressive in public, if he had kicked or bitten? You want to set the boundary that the behavior is unacceptable and why, just like you've already done. It's very mean and hurtful word that can really hurt people's feelings. He's now three, newly three, so empathy is just beginning to set in. And so he will start to understand this more and more in the coming months and years. Then you can set a strong consequence around it. If you say the word again, we will need to leave the park or the store or the play date or whatever it is. He's old enough to start to understand the seriousness and when you really mean business. So you want to keep your tone stern, but not angry. Angry is getting a reaction, but a stern tone says, I mean business. I won't tolerate this. This is not okay will not be tolerated under any circumstances. So it's up to you if you want to take the exact same approach at home or not. At home, you may want to continue to ignore it just to make it go away and not bring more attention to it. And then the consequences when you're out in public would be the best way to address that issue. The next question is from Alex about potty training. I'm finding myself in a situation I cannot figure out how to handle. My daughter, who turned three in February, was showing a lot of signs of being ready to potty train around June of last year. I held off because we had a big move and a new baby coming up just a few weeks later, and I was worried that getting her started at that time would be setting her up for regressions. I decided to hold off until Thanksgiving when the baby was about eight weeks old and my daughter was over two and a half. She did amazingly well in the first few weeks in telling me every time she needed to go and having a very few accidents. We still put her in a pull-up for naps or bedtime at this point, but otherwise she was wearing underwear and staying dry. Around Christmas, we traveled to my in-law's house and she decided that she didn't want to use the potty anymore. It was turning into a meltdown every time we tried to get her to do it, and I decided to not push it and to allow her to wear a pull-up for the remainder of the trip. When we got home, she basically stopped going in the potty altogether. It was a huge fight to get her to try to go potty, and she didn't want to wear underwear anymore, only a pull-up. I made the decision to allow her to wear pull-ups for a few weeks as the fight was not worth it and I didn't want to push her if she was not ready. After a few weeks of not pushing the potty, I began asking her if she would like to use the potty again. She eventually got back to wearing underwear most of the time and stays dry most of the time. However, in order for her to stay dry, I tell her she needs to use the potty and she never wants to. I'm having to convince her almost every single time. We still do pull-ups at night, but she is staying dry throughout the night. However, in the mornings, I tell her we need to go potty, and it's a fit every time. Once I do convince her to go into the bathroom, she doesn't want to participate in any of the process. I'm pulling her pants down, sitting her on the toilet, wiping her, pulling her pants up, and helping her to wash her hands every single time. She's more than capable of doing most, if not all, of these tasks herself, but absolutely refuses. If I forget to take her potty during the day, she will tell me she needs to go, but only after wetting her pants a little bit. 
Occasionally, she will go in her pants completely before telling me. Pooping is an even bigger issue. She has no interest in pooping on the potty and tells me that pooping on the potty scares her. We've gotten her to the point where she tells me when she needs to go and we can go in the bathroom to put a pull-up on and she'll poop in the bathroom. She does great with this, but after about four months, she seems no closer to being ready to poop in the potty. It was starting to feel as though I am the one who's doing all the work and she's really getting nothing out of it, which has me questioning, is it worth it? I've asked her several times if she would like to go back to wearing diapers, and she says, no, I like to pee in the potty, but she never actually makes it to the potty herself. This is all further complicated by the fact that I have her signed up for two mornings a week preschool this coming fall, and she has to be fully potty trained. Otherwise, they will kick her from the program. I'm feeling pressure to not only keep her from having accidents, but also to get her to do it independently. So I guess my question is, is she just not ready to potty train yet? Am I trying to push her too soon? Should I just start putting her back in diapers or pull-ups, even though she doesn't want to do that? Am I better off to wait for preschool until she decides she's ready to be fully potty trained? She's always so proud when she's successful, but when it comes to actually doing the work, she has no interest. I would love to hear what you think I should do and help her further advance her skills. Thank you so much for all you do. I can't even begin to tell you how many struggles your podcasts and classes have helped me through. I'm forever grateful to have such a great resource of information. So Alex is a member, so I was able to answer her question right away, which was probably really good in this situation since it was kind of a timely situation. She was hoping her daughter would start preschool this fall, probably around now. And so when I answered Alex, here's some of the points that I gave to her. So kids have a relapse for a lot of reasons, and it sounds like with her daughter, it may have been fun at first, but the novelty wore off pretty quickly. The other issue could be that pooping in the potty is the next step, and since it scares her, she might be pushing to go back a step because it puts another buffer between her and the pooping on the potty step. Now, just to share my experience, which I've shared before, but it's very relevant again to Alex's question is my daughter was so eager to potty train at two and a half and basically trained herself because she wanted to be like big brother but once her twin potty trained and he was much older he was three and a half much older than her um but not out of the range of average for boys uh, she was done it was it wasn't special anymore and then it was accident city for her Constantly little accidents in her underwear before she would get to the potty also. Sometimes full-on accidents and just oops. So here are my thoughts on where to go. Since she doesn't want to go back to pull-ups, I would follow her lead with that unless you just get so fed up with dealing with accidents and you just can't give her the option of buckling down or going back to pull-ups. I would put her in charge of cleanup after her accidents. Any pee on the floor, yes, you may have to do it after her to make sure it's a thorough job but she has to take off her dirty pants and underwear, put them in the laundry, and then get out clean ones. Now, this makes it more of an effort and less worth the hassle. So getting to the potty isn't such a big task anymore because cleanup is a more difficult task, a more timely task, and more energy consuming. It's a lot easier than the cleanup process to just get to the potty. You want to have a quick coaching session. I'm glad you want to stay in your underwear, but the cleanup is just too much for me. So from now on, when you have an accident, you are in charge of cleaning up and changing your own clothes and getting them, the dirty ones, into the hamper. Basically, all player activity stops until that process is complete. Also, does she have a floor potty or just an adult potty? The floor potty might make poop a lot less intimidating since it's not that big hole into a water pit that also leads 
to, well, she doesn't know this, but leads down into some pipes and underground. To her, it's a big mystery where it goes, which is pretty scary for, uh, for quite a few kids, actually. So with those steps, you, then you can really see exactly where she is with her own process. And then if you're just done, if you're fed up, you can just put her back in pull-ups until she decides she's really ready. And in that case, the conversation would go something like, I just can't keep putting energy into this. You need to want to use the bathroom all by yourself. And I know that when you're feeling ready, that you will let me know and we can start working on the potty process again and just leave it at that. And in this case, like the less that you push, the less that you ask her, do you have to use the potty? Do you want to go back in underwear? The less that you do that, the better because then she's not getting attention around this whole potty training thing and you can just kind of matter-of-factly move on and not put a lot of attention around that so she's not getting attention for that not using the potty yet. So like I said, I've decided to start sharing some more of my struggles or things I come up against each week or whenever I have something I think could be helpful or interesting to other parents. Again, my kids are older, they're elementary school ages, eight to 10. I know a lot of you have toddlers and preschoolers and my anecdotes may not be as helpful as those who have kids in the same age range, but maybe it's something you can sock away for later, you can keep in mind, or perhaps when you're working through the throes of a tantrum, maybe it will help you find some gratitude for dealing with those instead of the complications of questions from children who are coming of age. I don't know, but I also put these at the end, so if they aren't something you find helpful, you can get answers to the parenting questions and then just tune me out or turn me off. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. 
My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories, including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. So this week, my oldest, and he seems to be the one struggling the most these days. You know, you'll see your kids sort of rotate. One kid will have some struggles and things will smooth out. Then another kid will have some struggles and things will smooth out. And depending on how many kids you have, in, the, in our case with three, it almost seems like there's almost always one of them that's struggling. My oldest is very driven. He's very intense just in general. He also tends to be more negative or what we term realistic in his temperament based on the three dominant mood types. From, and this is from the temperament class. So, But let's just be honest. Sometimes it really feels like more of a negative outlook than a realistic outlook. And this is also why I so strongly recommend that class on temperament to any and every parent. To know your child's personality, strengths, and struggles, and how to support him or her with both. Support the strengths as well as help them with those struggles so that they're not going to struggle with those so much, especially throughout life. Now, Because the different ends of the spectrum of those personality traits can be tough to deal with, and especially if they're different from your own. So having just an understanding of that can really help those differences and those struggles feel a lot less daunting. And in this case, my oldest tends to have that quote-unquote realistic or negative mood type, tends to focus on some more negative types of things. Whereas I really try to focus on the positive side of things and it can be really difficult for me and it's something I'm really trying to work with him on. So this week he went out for student service. Now this is the elementary school version of student government. So just for some backstory so you can understand just how much he really wanted this. Last year when they were looking for kids for peace patrol he immediately volunteered. Then a week later they were looking for kids for student service and he wanted to do that but his teacher said no because he was already doing peace patrol. He wanted to switch but she said no he was already committed to peace patrol he needed to stay in peace patrol. So all year long all through fourth grade he looked forward to doing student service in fifth grade. He couldn't wait. Well in fifth grade they had to write speeches and get votes. They took two kids and he came in fourth and he was beyond devastated. Despite the fact that his dad and I both tried to prepare him to be ready to accept the outcome, whatever it was, and he said that he would be okay with it. Well, with the issues that he's already had so far in fifth grade, he's still not meshing with his teacher a lot, and now this really big disappointment, 
it's just not off to a great start for him this year. I don't know this is going to be a great school year for him, but we're just going to get him through it. Now, this is a kid who has made a goal list, and it is ambitious, to say the least, including going to a local high school that gets you two years of college credit when you graduate from high school. So he'll be two years into college when he graduates high school. He wants to quadruple major at a top university. A swim scholarship and meddling in the Olympics are just some of the goals on this goal list. Now, these are absolutely his goals, not mine. I did not give him any input. He sat down and he wrote out his goals and this is what he put down. Now, when he makes these goals, I help him set the intermediate goals so that he can understand that there are steps to getting where he wants to go and that each of those steps along the way, he has to meet each of those steps in order to get to his bigger goals. Now, one of those intermediate goals is placing at the WAG championships, which are coming up in December. Well, he was so distraught about not getting into student service that he didn't want to go to swim practice. So here I am. I'm trying to help him work through these feelings of major disappointment on a timeline to be pulled together enough to go to swim practice and focus. Now, you might be thinking, geez, can he just skip a day? <laughs> yes, he can. The problem is he really hasn't been going enough already to really reach his goals. And so we've been working on that. I let him choose how many days a week he wants to go to swim practice. But then when his last swim meet performance wasn't what he had wanted or expected, we talked about that. I asked him a lot of questions and really listened to his answers. Are these your goals? Meaning the WAG championships, placing in the WAG championships, hitting the next level of USA swimming times. He's, he's shooting for his A times now. He has the double Bs or triple Bs. I don't know. And then they go into A, double A. So now he's trying to get the double, the A times. He's shooting for those. So are these still your goals? What do you think it's going to take to reach those goals? And he has to reach those by the time he turns 11 because then he goes into the next age group. So that's by February. Are you ready to do what it takes to reach those goals? And so on. So we talk through it. And so the way that he answers those questions tells me, okay, this is what you want, so here's what you need to do, and so let's make it happen. I'm here to support you, whatever you want, but you have to want it, and you have to put the work in. So he'd been slacking about going to swim practice, and he just recommitted to his goals. And now here we are. We're two days into this new commitment, and he wants to back out this day. There will always be reasons to back out, and so it's a fine line of when to take a day off and when to commit through these rough days. Or sometimes when there's something more fun going on than swim practice. And I prefer to let him skip when there's something fun going on. And then to help him through the process to get where he needs to be mentally to commit on the days when he's just emotionally struggling or, you know, struggling with that growing up as a kid with a lot of intensity. So, so that's just how I approach it and approach this whole process with him. And he's definitely a hard kid to parent. He is a hard kid to parent. He's a very intense kid and that can be a real struggle. I will say he did calm down. He did get it together. I took some time with him. We went to a store. We sat down. We had some ice cream. We sat down together. This was not a bribe. It was let's go spend some time together, some one-on-one -on -one time, and just sit down and chat and get away from the house and the school and, and everything and just go sit down some one-on-one -on -one time and talk through this. And and so I was just offering some of that special time, that one-on-one -on -one time. So we got some ice cream. We sat down together. We had a chat, talked about his goals. He was a little bit late to swim practice. That's okay, but he got it together. And we went. And actually, after that, 
he moved on, worked through it, and realized that he has bigger goals in the future, much bigger fish to fry, and that it was time to move forward and focus on those. You know, I think at any stage in this process, no matter what age our kids are, as they struggle with their emotions, with school, with whatever, with friendships, and they don't have all the tools and the life knowledge that we do, and we just want them to kind of get it and move on, it's hard. It's hard to be patient with their process. It's hard to understand them being so distraught when they're little about a broken cracker or a broken popsicle, about having to put their shoes on as they get older, about being a few minutes late to recess or even not getting a spot in the student services council. And when I mean distraught, this kid was hyperventilating, crying hysterically. He could not calm down. In those instances and throughout their childhood, I see my job as first helping them learn to manage their emotions and those disappointments because life is going to bring a lot of them. Then also how to keep the big picture in mind. And one of the things I talked about with Carter is that when you stick your neck out, when you go out for things, you're not always going to get what you set out for. And so part of that journey is learning how to accept not getting what you want and then moving forward so that you can work for the next time or work for the next goal or the next thing that you really want to do. Now, this is more for kids 10 and older as they begin to gain more perspective on these types of things. But this is the tough part of parenting. You know, I'm tired too. We parents get tired. My own emotions, right? Keeping my own emotions in check and and not letting them run away with me, especially when you're so busy and tired and learning to work with that and then being patient and helping our children work with their own emotions. It's a challenge for sure. So to see a sample of any of the 50 plus classes in positive discipline, including peaceful parenting, which is about staying calm and patient during those times of chaos and intensity and emotional upset, development and health, including potty training, sleep and bedtime issues, education concerns, including finding a preschool and what to look for in a good preschool for helping their development and lots of modern parenting issues and concerns, or to sign up for a membership, you can visit the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.